The information discussed on this show is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content is for general informational purposes only. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manning. Welcome to Guy's Guy's Radio. This is your host, Robert Manning, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins Guy's Guy's Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think and feel, and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys and stories and experiences and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week. Got a great show for you this week. We've got a terrific guest. He's an innovator in light medicine. He's written a new book called The Gift of the Body, and it's a big, bold book. A multi-dimensional guide to energy, anatomy, grounded spirituality, and living through the heart. His name is Jonathan Goldman. He's an innovator in life medicine. He's been doing his thing for the past four decades. He does his thing now at the Essential Light Institute, and we're going to really go deep on those four topics, energy, anatomy, grounded spirituality, and most particularly, living through the heart, because isn't that what it's all about? Doing our best to live a more heart-based life so we can be good to other people, good for ourselves, and good for the planet. So, Jonathan Goldman, my special guest today. So, what's going on out there? Well, it's getting to be mid-March. I always look at mid-March and St. Patty's Day, March 17th, to be the end of winter. When I was back in New York City, I always kind of clocked that and it's like, okay, the worst is behind us. Now, okay, you'd have some April snowstorms and stuff like that. For the, for the most part, the weather would begin to turn right around the beginning of springtime. And uh, so this is the time where we're kind of getting out of, it's been a tough winter around the country. And I hope everybody's uh, ready for a, a long, hot summer ahead and better days because, wow, we've been through it, haven't we, folks? So. Anyhow, uh, I was uh, talking our last couple of episodes about some of the healthy habits I've developed and how they worked for me. Now, I'm not saying that this is the gospel and this is what's best for you. As with everything on Guys Guys Radio, I put out information and then it's up to you to determine what works for you and if it works for you. And if not, what doesn't work for you? But there's a lot of information we convey on the show. And I know I've learned a lot from the over 500 guests I've interviewed and Hopefully, if you've been along with me for the ride, you've picked up some pointers also. I don't do every single thing that every guest on my show has suggested, but I cherry pick here and there, and I've worked some things into my day-to-day lifestyle, and it's really helped. So I've got these 12 healthy habits that I've either dialed up or added to my daily routine since the lockdown, and it's really helped me uh, create in a time of chaos. So I'm up to number four now, which is juicing. What I do in the morning, the first thing, I have a big, big glass, about 16 ounces of filtered water, and I squeeze organic lime or lemon in it. I just chug it right down. And from what I've read, that's a good way to kind of uh, jumpstart your system and flush out a lot of the toxins that are in there. And then the next thing I have, which is about an hour later, because I do some workout and some meditation, do some worky work type stuff, um, is juicing. Now, I don't juice every single day. But I try to do it a couple of times a week at least because from what I've read, and again, this is my research, it feeds nutrients, 
It kickstarts your liver and kidneys into overdrive to remove toxins. And it's good to help uh, build new tissues. And it's just an overall more healthy way of consuming your first meal of the day versus something that's kind of greasy and oily and eggs and bacon and toast with butter and coffee with cream and a lot of acidic stuff there. So I've kind of evolved towards a more plant-based uh, diet in general. And more particularly in the morning, I try to start off with some liquids. And um, they say you can get the same from eating vegetables and berries, but whatever. It's plant-based. It feels good for me. I feel lighter. I have a lot more energy and that works for me. So we're going to get on to all 12 items over the next couple of weeks. And uh, today was about juicing. I've done celery juice and then I've done kind of mixed juices where you use celery and uh, beets and carrots and all kinds of stuff. But the main thing is get your vegetables in big doses because they're good for you. So Guys Guys Radio, our special guest is Jonathan Goldman. Time for our interview. So let's get it on. Okay, Guys Guys Radio, uh, interview portion of the show, we have a very special guest. He is the developer of the Transformational Healing Center, originator of the Chakra Map Method of Observing human, the Human Energy Vehicle. He's been an acupuncturist since 1976. Uh, he runs the uh, Essential Light Institute since 2008, and the teaching is about self-transformation, energy healing, with light, I guess divine light, and it's a pleasure for me to welcome Jonathan Goldman to the show. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Jonathan. Thank you. Pleasure to be here with you. And we're going to talk about Jonathan's book. He's got a new book out. It's called Gift of the Body, a Multidimensional Guide to Energy, Anatomy, Grounding, Spirituality, and Living Through the Heart. And it's a, it's a big, chunky book. It's about 500 pages. It works as a workbook, as a textbook, and it'll give you all the information you want to know about how to work with light and kind of uh, raise your frequency the, as best you can. So let's start right at the beginning, Jonathan. You were uh, an acupuncturist, and then you went to Brazil, and you uh, say that you were uh, communicated with by the, the guides, those guys. And a lot of people talk about, um, I've had healers on the show and channels who talk about, you know, ascended masters and collectives out there, and you call them those guys, uh, unnamed. Tell us what happened in Brazil and how that kind of catapulted to you to uh, where you're heading now. So I went to Brazil uh, in December of 1987, right? And uh, like a number of things in my life, you know, I think I made an early prayer, like I, I want to do weird things, you know, I want to do things that are are uh, outside the box. So I went to Brazil at the recommendation of a Brazilian man who had, I, uh, had been my psychotherapist. And he said to me, Look, we're going to go to the mountains of Brazil. We're going to spend a month there, and we're going to do the equivalent of 10 years of psychotherapy and 10 years of meditation in a month. What do you think? And I said, That's a big yes, right? Why not? Right. So I went, you know, it's a whole story about how I got there. I didn't have money. The money came miraculously, all that. And I went there with no expectation, really, except that I trusted this guy, loved him, and, and I thought, Okay, well, let's go do it. What I found was, uh, a community dedicated to a particular kind of spiritual work centered around the use of a tea, which now many people know as ayahuasca. In that context, it's called daimi. But in 1987, nobody knew 
anything about this except these people there. And I, so I went there innocent. I didn't know, I knew that they sang songs and I knew that there was something powerful that went on, but I met way, way more than I ever expected. Uh, so yeah, did 10 years of psychotherapy, 10 years of meditation, but also met myself in a way that I never had imagined. I did, I had done lots of therapy. I'd done, you know, other kinds of uh, healing work. And basically what I said was if, if my body was an envelope, somebody pulled it in inside out. Okay. And what had been hidden in terms of my, uh, my traumas, my pains, my, uh, was revealed to me super clear as well as I discovered that even though I didn't even know what the word meant, that I had a spiritual healing channel, a connection to energies beyond my own body. And began uh, a relationship with those energies and with my experience, I call them those guides, the guys, the guides, the, the consciousnesses that exist in other dimensions that then also started to teach me, show me things that I didn't even know what to call them at the time that turned eventually into this book that's laying out the things that I learned over those 20 years of being shown step by step piece by piece, this whole other view of what I call the human energy vehicle, but basically who we are in an expanded and deepened way. You mentioned ayahuasca. Did you uh, sample that way back when? Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. No, they gave me such big glasses of it that the children in the community would stand like goggle-eyed, like, oh my God, this big gringo, what's going to happen to him, you know? (laughs) <laughs> because I needed so much because <laughs> I was a big gringo and I was, you know, a big white male gringo, like locked into all my ideas and my ideologies and so, my, so, my traumas. Well, yeah, sure. I, no, I was. Okay. L- let me ask you about that because, you know, in the, in the Carlos Castaneda books, uh, Carlos, Don Juan gives him a lot of the power plant medicines, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then in the third book, he's basically done with that. And it's just, he hits him in the back. Uh, uh, below the sh- shoulder blade at the assemblage point to get him into the position where he can then do the work he needs to do. Uh-huh. And I guess my question is, do you think it's necessary, Jonathan, for people to, do, do you think for yourself, it sounds like you needed ayahuasca, but for others, maybe they don't. Uh, what, what's your perspective on it overall? Because it's such a hot product now, if you will, quote unquote. And yeah. a lot of people I think are just more recreational about it and uh, are taking some chances and not working with the right people and uh, the real shamans. So tell us about a little bit about your perspective on ayahuasca. Is it necessary if and when, how to use it, et cetera? So first of all, I, I agree with what you just said. I agree with your assessment. Uh, you know, we, we live in this culture that uh, Americans basically are cultural thieves, right? We go and we get what we want and then we say we invented it. And so I, I also have those same concerns. Uh, I No, uh, th- look, humans are on a path of evolution. We are all on a path of, path of evolution. That's why we're, we're incarnated, is to learn from this being in this body, absorb that, come back the next time and learn more. So how you do that, there are many, many ways to do it, right? There's a, there's a, a spiritual thing that says there are many ways to kiss the earth. Right. So I don't think it's necessary in the, the tradition I belong to. People are, we say people are called. We don't advertise. We don't proselytize. People are called by their own intuition to say, wow, okay, I think I'm ready to do this. 
And it's a serious thing. It's not, I agree with you. It, it, it's not recreation. Not like, well, you know, today I'm doing this and then next week I'm going to do that other thing. And then I'm going to go do this other thing. Right. I think it's a, uh, a very serious thing to undertake and should be undertaken with a, a sense of sacredness. And also with the, I, this, this, what I'm going to say here, the veils exist for a purpose. The veils, meaning the veils between the dimension we live in primarily and the other dimensions, they exist for a purpose. I'm supposed to be a human doing human things, being a human being. So to choose to drop the veils, which is basically what plant medicines do in the context of a well-held, professionally done, sacredly held ceremony, is a serious thing to undertake. And I, I don't recommend that it be done cavalierly or just because you're curious. You should be come from a, a deep sense of being called, what I say, called by your intuition. I don't think at all that everybody needs to do it. So we're not, we're not pr- proposing that everybody go out and try oh. ayahuasca for yourself way back when, before it was even uh, on the tip of everybody's tongue, you had tried it and it was important for you at that time to kind of uh, uh, jolt you into your your learning situation, if you will. So the guides that uh, work with you, and you're not uh, specifically a channel, but how do they communicate with you? And when did they start communicating with you? Uh, and what do they have to say, basically? My teacher, uh, my 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 main teacher of mediumship was uh, a Brazilian woman. Her name was Bashinha. Bashinha means little one. She was about four foot nine. At the end of her life, she was a little round, wobbly person. She said, her guide said, every, the, the highest form of mediumship is intuition because everybody has it. So for me, still, the main way that, that I receive messages from inside my own self, but also joined then by uh, uh, messaging coming from beyond me, is through my heart and through intuition. Because the heart, uh, besides all the other incredible things about the heart chakra, is the place of discernment. So I once read a thing that said, uh, it was a, it was a, a National Lampoon thing, it said, uh, just because they're dead don't mean they're smart. Right? In other words, <laughs> right? <laughs> so what I'm going to listen to, when I first started, when I came back from Brazil, uh, my, I, my, my channel was like a, a radio station stuck between channels. I was receiving all kinds of things because I had been basically blown open and it started to get overwhelming and it started to get a little scary because I didn't know who to listen to and what to listen to. So one day I was in my healing room and spontaneously from inside me, my inner voice said, if you can get to my heart, listen to you, others go away. And in that moment, 90% of it stopped. My special guest is Jonathan M. Goldman. The Gift of the Body is the book, A Multidimensional Guide to Energy, Anatomy, Grounded Spirituality, and Living Through the Heart. So we're talking about his uh, trip, many trips to Brazil until this uh, kind of inciting incident came, and you start developing your own practice. It sounds you were you were doing acupuncture the traditional way, and then you started uh, kind of doing it a little bit differently based on the guidance you were getting, and then you developed what's called the HEV, the concept of the human uh energy vessel vehicle okay vehicle which is basically it sounds to me like from reading is that our spirit is kind of 
stuffed into a physical body and then we use up the body and then the spirit goes on someplace else after that. Is that kind of the case, what we're talking about here? Well, no, that's true. But the, the vehicle is basically, look, some people call it the aura. Some people call it the etheric double. Basically, what what I'm uh, what I see and what I'm proposing to people is to expand our view of ourselves. Other cultures, right, uh, before ours and simultaneously in other places, see the human vehicle, the human person, the human uh, state as way, way more than we do in our culture because we've become so uh, enamored of materialism. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is we have layers. One layer of our vehicle is the physical body, what, what I recognize normally as my body. But beyond that, I'm supported by these other layers, five, five other layers, starting with the, the etheric body, which is right on the surface of the physical body. You mentioned to me before that you're a Reiki master, Reiki acupuncture, right. uh, craniosacral work, work within the etheric body to 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 affect change both in the physical body and then in the more refined bodies. But, and what I've learned to do, and what I teach people how to do, is to affect directly those more subtle bodies so then the changes reverberate downward, so to speak, into the more dense bodies. You can do preventative medicine. I have many people come to me who have done many kinds of different alternative things, chiropractors and massage and diet and blah, blah, blah. And in their world, nothing has worked. Do the work that we do of clearing the emotional body, clearing the mental body, working with the spiritual bodies. They go back to the same thing that they did that didn't work, and now it works. So there's five layers you mentioned. Give us the five layers, please. Okay. There's the physical body, of course. Okay. okay. There's the etheric body that I mentioned, which is what, like, if you start to see auras. I remember the first time I saw an etheric body, I was watching a, a, a film of the Beatles, and Paul McCartney was backlit. And I thought, oh, my God, he has this 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 white light all around him, right? There's this etheric body. Then there's the emotional body. The emotional body mm -hmm. uh, is, it, it contains emotions, but it has to do with motility. It has to do with movement. So when I say I feel stuck, when I have pain, most of the time, it's that the emotional body is like a, a, a cloudy day with clouds full of rain, ready to rain, but not raining yet. Beyond that is called is what I call the mental body. The mental body holds beliefs and opinions. We are defined a lot by our beliefs. The mental body is like the membrane on the cell of our body. It's it's pretty defined. It's very uh, well described. Beyond that, spiritual bodies. Spiritual bodies connect us to those guys. Connect us to our transpersonal realms beyond ourselves all of those operate and they all are interactive they're all secured by a central channel of, of light that goes right through the center of our body and then they are fed by the chakras which are the energy centers that feed all these layers and bisect them how how do the uh, ch chakras then intersect with the different how do they intersect with the various layers of the body for healing? And what do we need to know about them? Okay, let me give you, I'll give you an example of how I began to discover this super 
quick uh, story. When I came back from Brazil, as you mentioned, I started doing all, I started doing acupuncture in different patterns and different uh, ways because I was being inspired by, by, from my intuition by these, what I came to understand were other consciousnesses. And the other thing that started happening is I would spontaneously put my hand over someone's body. So in this moment, someone, a, a woman was lying on my healing table and I had my hand over her solar plexus, right over the area of what we call the stomach, about a foot and a half up. At that time, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that somebody grabbed my hand and put it there. So I have my hand there and I'm not really feeling anything. And all of a sudden the thought comes to, to me, I don't know who I am anymore. And I was like, now, I'm sure you have had, I've had times where I didn't know who I was, but that didn't happen to be one of those times. So I figured, wow, I don't think that's my thought. So the, I, said, I took the risk and I said to the person, look, I, let me just tell you what I just heard. I don't know who I am anymore. And the woman starts crying. Oh, my God, that's exactly what's happening. My life is falling apart, blah, blah, blah. She was like in her late 40s. So she was in that, the, the, the um, midlife crisis. And she says, I don't know, my relationship is falling apart, blah, blah, blah. So I went, whoa, and I wrote it down. Like, whoa, what about that? Over the next years, again and again, the same thing happened where I would have my hand or I would be meditating or someone would tell me. And I realized that every chakra, each layer of the chakra, so that was in the mental body of the third chakra. The third chakra is through which we live our life on earth. The third chakra is about identity in this life. It's about uh, manifestation. It's about making. It's about doing. It's about planning, right? All of these things. So that particular place, discrete place in the mental body of the third chakra is where my, your, that woman's life, uh, present life identity idea literally lives. So she was having uh, stomach problems. She was having menstrual problems. She was having sleep problems, all these things. And when I realized that place, I said, well, look, what about you? Don't fight it. Don't fight your, that your identity is changing. What if you just let it morph? And then let's put some light in that place to help it go faster, to help it not be so difficult. And her symptoms got way, way better very quickly. That's so fantastic. that's just one example. You talk a lot about heart-centered living. And I know for myself on my own spiritual journey and path, one of the things I'm working on and I've been told to work on is get out of more of the head space where there is some wisdom there, but also start to work more in the heart space. And you talk a lot about um, our country and our way of life here is basically third chakra uh, kind of in the gut. And then what we really need to go is the, the longest four inches in the, in the universe, which is between the gut and kind of our heart chakra. So how do we become more heart-centered in terms of the way we live, Jonathan? So uh, just to add one thing to what you're saying, I, this is what we are being forced to do, right? Because the external paradigm based on the third chakra is, is crumbling. And even though now, you know, we're in a moment where we're, we're, we're going to go back to normal, we're not going back to normal on a deep level. So we're being moved collectively and individually being called, so to speak, from internal 
from the, our, our internal self to the heart. Many, many symptoms, many things that, that are troubling us are actually the symptom of that movement. You see what I mean? So I don't frame it as a negative thing, like something terrible is happening. It's like I'm being called naturally to my heart and I'm resisting it out of habit and addiction and blah, 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 blah. So how do we do it? What I do, and I know other people are too, but we have a particular way. It's called the living through the heart process that involves training ourselves internally, creating what I call an internal structure, a vibratory structure that has the foundation of it is, has three parts. It's called the three groundings, grounded on earth, centered in the heart, and receiving light. And what we do is train people, right? I do it every day to create underneath my mind a vibrating structure that I can access with a breath. It takes time. It's not a panacea. This is not, you know, I grew up in Detroit. We used to say, vote for me and I'll set you free. This is not vote for me and I'll set you free. This is step-by-step Grounding myself, which means entering my body and connecting with the earth, connecting with nature. Breathing in my heart, connecting literally with this space right in the center of my chest. And then the layers of the heart through breath, through consciousness, through awareness, through meditation. And then opening up the channel, which everybody has behind our head, that is a tube that goes straight up to the edge of the vehicle, of the aura down through which light comes into the body. Now, and none of what I'm saying now is metaphorical or an idea. It's a vibratory experience. So that's, what, that's our contribution. Learn how to be in your heart. You know, and it's possible for everybody. Everybody, everybody can do it. You talk about buried emotions and some of the importance of that. I know from uh, going through an Ayurvedic protocol after I had a kind of a scare, I had to have robotic surgery on my kidneys and I was done and uh, everything was fine. And that's years and years ago. But I was speaking with Dr. Amit Goswami. He said, you know, you might want to do Ayurvedic because you want to clean up the kind of the internal systems, if you will. Uh So I went through the protocols and part of it was identifying buried emotions from specific times in my life in different organs. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, Jonathan, and why that's important? Because part of some of the work you do is to release some of that stuff. For sure. No, it, it, it's vital. Uh, by the way, I've also done uh, lots of Ayurveda. It, it's an incredibly mm-hmm. yep. magnificent system. We have, right, we, we live simultaneously. All these different levels exist in us simultaneously. The mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, uh, karmic. They all exist simultaneously. So identifying that my what I love doing, <laughs> one of what I love about this work is getting down to okay, where's the linchpin of the pattern? So in this case, so for instance, it had to do with your kidneys. And I don't know about your, but in Chinese medicine, the kidneys transform fear. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So so it's super important. Okay, so you know. You do Ayurvedic medicine and you do whatever you do and you, you do your surgery and blah, blah, blah. And then with courage and what I teach is do it. We do it from the heart, from the heart, open an internal space. And we call out what's hidden. Right. It's like like uh, what I call it's Ollie Ollie in free. Right. 
Ollie, Ollie injury. Come on, everybody. So what's hidden in the kidneys? What's hidden in the lungs? In Chinese medicine, the, the lungs have to do with grief. So what is that buried grief? And then there are different ways to work with it. There's energetic ways. There's uh, uh, psychosomatic ways, right? Doing actually body exercises. Right. But it's vital. It, it, it's absolutely just like uncovering then the belief. So for, okay, so for instance, talking about the kidneys, kidneys are in the back of the third chakra. Many people get their third chakra depleted, get tired burned out right the main thought that lives in the back of the third chakra the mental body of the third chakra is i have to do it myself nobody there's nobody going to help me so i have to do it myself do it myself do it myself and i burn out because i'm not renewing myself right so identifying that for instance if that is the truth if that is what's going on with someone identifying that and helping that transform both by the radiation of light and by the person's co cooperating in their own transformation of that, realizing the limitation of that, realizing when it started, oh, yeah, you know, whatever, my mother, my father, blah, 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 I was taught that when I was a kid. Do you want to change it? And then using the power of choice, right? Using the power, which is a precious, precious, precious gift that we have been given that mostly we misuse, right? Because we don't appreciate the incredible gift that it is. You know, I'm just going to choose this. I choose, I choose war, right? I choose, right? Hatred, blah, blah, blah. So to choose, but to choose and say, okay, I don't want that anymore. That thing that I'm going to do it by myself. I get it. I went through healing a few years ago and I went to a woman who was a, uh, a medical intuitive and she said, okay, here's your mantra. Nothing is up to me. That was my mantra. That was probably 20 <laughs> years ago. And I'm still like, wait, really? It's not up to me? You know? <laughs> Why do you think, uh, Jonathan, that there's so much chronic illness nowadays versus, I, I know maybe we, there's a lot more science now, and we found out more specifics and details on different types of illnesses, and we've been able to categorize them, and there's a lot more than there used to be. But it seems like the, you know, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, all this other stuff that lupus didn't seem like there was as much of that in the past, or maybe they, people just didn't know what was going on. But is this all disease that's uh, created in the gut? Is it from diet? Is it from fear? Is it from, what, what's going on now? Uh, all of the above. Fundamentally, though, this is my point of view, fundamentally, we as a species, and as individuals, but as species, we are, we are so disconnected from nature, from the, the, from the harmony that is the basis of nature, not only earthly nature, but spiritual nature, vibratory, universal nature, right? We're so disconnected from that in our essence, in our bodies, that it, we are just a, a petri dish for all kinds of things, right? Even on a practical level, so many of those things that you describe are people who are isolated, people who have been cut off from relationship, have been cut off from, from, from love, from, right? So, so it is all of the above. And my, uh, my, what I've received, what I do is, uh, to connect myself with literally, not metaphorically, not in my ideas, 
the vibration of nature. And it's hard because many people live in cities and live in the middle of a city and right are surrounded by pollution and right. And so all of those things have have a uh, uh, an effect. But the fundamental thing for me is this species wide disconnection and disrespect of nature. Okay, uh, guys, guys, radio. My special guest again, Jonathan M. Goldman, "Gift of the Body," is his new book. Um, you talk a lot about intuition. You call it the voice of the heart. Um, and then you mentioned magnetism is about uh, opposites attract and resonance is about uh, kind of being in line with things that are the same. And then the heart uh, and the transformation there, how do we change that? And I guess the biggest question is, how does that all work? And how do, how do we stay there? How do we, how do we stay in a more heart-centered life? How do, how do we move our perspective into, into that? Because it's so easy to get, like, you get in there, or maybe you're meditating or whatever, and then you get out of it, and something happens, and you're triggered, and then you're out of the heart space, you're in the head space again, or you're in the gut space, and the survival space, or whatever. How do we, how do we manage our day-to-day lives to, to get into the heart space and then stay there? What can our listeners do? First of all, uh, cultivating forgiveness for oneself. (laughs) Because exactly what you said, right? I'm going to get triggered and blah, 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 my habits, all this stuff. It's going to happen. It's a process. It's a So referring to the previous conversation, first of all, it's a choice to say, I want this. I choose this. And then in those moments when I am in my heart, when I feel it, because it's a feeling, right? It's a feeling. I affirm inside myself, and I, in my world, I say to everybody, I say to the whole universe, I say to all my guides, I say to my inner self, I say, I choose this. Right now, this space that I'm in, this space of compassion, this space, I like this, I choose it, yes. And so then over time, you know, at the beginning, I'm, I'm there, you know, 30 seconds a day. Then I'm there a minute a day. Then I'm there five minutes a day. Then I'm there most of the time because I've learned the art of in a second, and nobody even needs to know, in a second, I can step into the space of my heart, which is primarily the space of compassion, which lives in the emotional body in front of the heart chakra. And I can, by practice, do it and do it in a moment. So for instance, if I'm going to have a conversation. I'm going to, after we're done here, I'm going to have a conversation with somebody that over years has, she just got in touch and she's apologizing because she created a whole, uh, we say in Portuguese, a bishter, she created a whole thing. I'm going to breathe and I'm going to step into my heart and the whole, and I'm all, many times I'm going to breathe and I'm going to ask my intuition, what should I say? Because, of course, I could get into a a dispute. No. What am I going to say? And so I can train myself. It's a training. It's a training like like training for a marathon. It's a training like like learning to play the guitar. You know, most people don't sit down with the guitar and go like, Segovia. You know, you're learning ding, 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 ding. Same thing. Got to learn step by step. It sounds like, uh, you know, it's, love is a big portion of this. I, I always use, uh, um, not always, but now I am. I'm, when I get into a situation where I get triggered, I say, what would love do? And it, it, help, it helps me a lot just to get me calmed down for a second. And then I can stay more in the heart space instead of getting in the head space or getting in the emotional space. And re- I'll give you an example. 
right before this, my son, he's doing remote learning and it's tough for the kids and he's seven and he's bored because he reads at a fourth grade level and they, they're doing the same stuff. And I said, you've got a book because he's sitting there reading. I said, put the book down. You've got to listen to the teacher. And he takes the book and he turns around and he just snaps and he throws it against the wall. And I'm like, immediately I like jumped on him, not physically jumped on him, but like just chewed him out a little bit. And I'm like, okay, he's seven. He's going through all of this. Now I realize that I, I overreacted, but it's so tough for us today. Uh, particularly with the conditions everybody's under with the quarantine and all of that, everybody's, you know, snapping on each other. And it's, it's made things really tough. You do have any advice for our listeners out there? Like what are a couple of things, a couple of tips they can do to kind of keep themselves in that heart space? So first of all, your, your thing, when you say what would love to, that's your way, you right. Put you immediately in your heart. So that's one thing is we each develop our own uh, password. What's the Got password? It. Your Got password it. is what would love do. Mine is, is breathing my heart in the space of compassion. The other thing is, you know, so what did you do with your kid? You probably said, hey, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Right? Of course. When of course. I apologized to my son, it was a fantastic moment in my life. And I realized I didn't have to be this macho father guy who's right all the time. How often? I mean, so I think that's another thing is being a human, being humble with our with our kids. And here's the other but and here's the other thing that I think we can do in a more general way. We have to cultivate being comfortable with not knowing. Right. Even being able to say to our kids. Look, I don't know what's going to happen. I know it's going to be okay. Faith tells me it's going to be okay. Not faith, religious faith, but the vibration of faith. It's going to be okay. This is not going to last forever. I know you're seven, and and, and when you're seven, every moment is forever. It's true. <laughs> yeah. well, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I'm sorry, right? I was, I just, you know, I flew off the handle. Sorry. I mean, that's that. I think that's that's the best we can do now, and realize that it's not about us. It's not about me. This moment is not about me, and everybody's in it together. And I'll say one more thing: is recognizing the sensitivity that so many of us have. So you know, of course, I never met your son, but I would bet that he's a sensitive yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Right? He's sensitive. And so he's also picking up on the frustration of the other, you know, 30 kids that are on the, the call and whatever it is. And so helping our children, but helping me, helping us really understand that a bunch of what we're feeling is not originating in your own body. We are part of a general field. We are swimming in a sea of thought, even though, you know, most of us were, you know, we're more isolated, but there's so much going on. And so helping, it helps me to understand a lot. And it helps me to help other people to say, you know what? This is not all you. This is not all you. There's, a, there's lots of kids that are sad. There's lots of kids going through troubles right now. Right? So. In my house, we, I would say, let's pray for them. But whatever, let's love them. Right. 
You uh, talk a lot about working with uh, light, um, calling in light from the central sun, which is the sun behind the sun behind the sun. Mm -hmm. I, when I work with myself, I'm a call in like divine God's white light of protection. So I bring in light and I use it as a protection <laughs> for me, my son, my wife, whatever we're doing. I, I use it all day long. I'm constantly calling it in. I assuming that this is kind of the same thing that that divine light, the light is divine. And the more we learn to work with it and bring it into ourselves, the more we can heal, the more we can manifest, the more we can create, the more we can love and serve. Am I on the right track, Jonathan? Completely. I mean, you know, you said it better than I could say it. The, here's, but here's the basic thing. Light is not a metaphor. It's not a metaphor. And it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with any particular spiritual path, any particular religion. You know, when I say it, when we say it's divine, divine means it comes from the, the ultimate transpersonal source. Beyond, it, it doesn't have personality. It doesn't have opinion, right? It doesn't have ideology, thank God. What it, 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 it's a universal force, what we call light, what, what we call life force. And it's everywhere. By breathing, we're bringing it in. But apropos of what you're saying, I can learn, you can learn, as you've learned, as I've learned, to channel it more in a more focused way. So by that power of choice, by the awareness of consciousness, and in my world, by sending myself in these three groundings, grounded on earth, centered in the heart, receiving light, I can become exactly what you're saying. I become uh, a channel of light. Light comes through me, into me, so it's good for my health, it's good for my awareness, and it's what I radiate out through me, in my case, through, through my heart, and in, because I'm a healer through my hands, to other people. And because I can do that, even just by being in the presence of people, right, you don't have to say anything. So my guide says, hey, don't, don't talk about it, just be it. You have a couple of beautiful things in the book and in, also in your videos. You should check out Jonathan's videos on uh, YouTube. They're, they're terrific. And one of the things you talk about is a kind of creating ways to bring in light. And one is uh, using the hands. One is with creating an altar and putting your issue kind of on that altar, shining light on that. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Jonathan? Yeah. So quick, quick uh, anatomy of the heart lesson. So the heart center. Right? We have the, the heart center, there's a heart organ. In the very center of the heart chakra, if you, if you, you know, create the little mm -hmm. circle, in the very center, center, center is the, the space of humility. That's where the, the, the force of humility lives. So when I am brought, like I was in Brazil, literally brought to my knees on a mountaintop in the night, begging for help, I was finally brought to the space of humility in my heart. Resting on top of that, where, you know, when I put my hands here gently on, on right on my heart chakra, is the space of calmness. So when I want to calm myself, or I want to calm, right, I'm, I used to do it with my kids, right? Kids are, you put your, heart, your hand gently on their heart. Place of calmness. If I flip my hands out and I make a shelf in front of my heart, with the heel of my hand touching the center of my chest, where my fingers are is the emotional body of my heart 
that's where literally, again, not metaphorically, compassion lives. Compassion is a ring, like a, like a, a, a what do you call an inner tube of vibration that goes around my whole body at that distance. Literally, that's where compassion is. If you watch videos of the Dalai Lama, the Dalai Lama, 100% of the time when he talks, his hands are either in the space of compassion, or if you extend your hands the same amount you just did, put the heel of your hand where your fingers are, you're in the space of faith. His hands will be in the space of faith. What is faith? Faith doesn't have anything to do with religion necessarily. It's a built-in energy. It's a universal force. What drives the universe, what makes the universe keep evolving and keeping going forward is literally the energy of faith. So when I contact these, these layers in me through breath and through awareness, so for compassion, I tell people, walk out on the dock, sit on the edge of the dock, dangle your feet in the perfect water of the lake, and breathe. And you're in the space of compassion. Awesome. Faith, walk out further, make an altar. Right there, the, I call it the altar of faith. Put your, whatever bothers you. You refer, put those emotions that you don't know what to do with. Put those, those, those uh, confusions. Put the dilemmas. You have no idea. Like, I don't know what to do with this. Put it on the altar of faith. Call light to it. And then go about your business. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see that it will morph. It will morph. Fantastic. Jonathan Goldman, our special guest on Guys Guys Radio. Again, the name of the book is Gift of the Body, a multidimensional guide of energy, anatomy, grounded spirituality, living through the heart. I'd like to ask you a favor. If we could end our discussion with the whatever prayer. Yes. And let me, can, can, can I, can I uh, tell people my... Um, of course, absolutely. No, just the all, uh, all your information. The yeah. So our our website, essentiallight.org. Essential light is one word, all lowercase, two L's in the middle. Essentiallight.org. We have a whole array, as you refer to. We have videos, we have written things, we have many things. And particularly what I have now is a 10-session class that we did in September, October. 10 one and a half hour sessions that basically describe this whole deal that we're talking about. Take Got people through step by step by step by step. Okay, the whatever prayer. Okay, here's the whatever prayer. One time, again, I, I had a woman, I'm a different woman on my on my uh, table, and my hand over her throat chakra, and she was having thyroid problems and just things not pleasant about all that. And I hear this, what I'm gonna say. Whatever I have to see. Whatever I have to feel, whatever I have to remember, whatever I have to go through, if it is for my healing and in the highest good of all beings, I agree to it. Whatever I have to see, whatever I have to feel, whatever I have to remember, whatever I have to go through, if it is for my healing and in the highest good of all beings, I agree to it. Basically, what you're doing is you're giving permission to those guides, to your higher self, to your inner self, to, to let's go. You're saying, let's go. That's and there's a caveat, right? I, mean, I don't want to suffer needlessly. If it has to be for my healing. It has to be in the highest good of all beings. I don't want to just go through stuff to go through stuff. I, I have plenty of stuff to go through. But whatever I have to see, feel, remember, 
or go through covers everything. Beautiful. Thank you. Jonathan Goldman, Guys Guys Radio. I love it that you've been here. I hope you can come back. I'd love to. It's been a total pleasure. I'm honored to be to be of use. And you're a guys guy. <laughs> <laughs> It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, what a terrific conversation with a wonderful guest on Guy's Guy's Radio. Jonathan Goldman, he's been an innovator in light medicine for the past four decades. He runs the Essential Light Institute, teaching the how-to of grounded spirituality. We talked about the different types of body we have, those five body layers that we have, the... uh, physical, etheric, emotional, mental, and spiritual bodies. We talked about the chakras. We talked about how our culture has been immersed in the third chakra where it's about competing and achieving and doing, and that's wonderful. And we use our brain a lot to, to get there and also creates a lot of conflict, though, in that third chakra. And that place we want to evolve to and use more of is the, is the heart space. And the heart space is only about four inches above the third chakra but it's the longest four inches there is on the planet for so many people and they're discovering now that you know the brain is in our in our in our noggin if you will but we also have a brain in our gut and they say the third brain in the body is in the heart and i know from my personal experience of uh, attempting to evolve to a more heart-based perspective in the way i live it's, it's a challenge, it's a journey, but it's well worth it. And it takes time, but like anything else, those first steps are the most important. And once you get your footing, things become a little bit easier, and then things open up, and it gets really interesting. So I would heartily recommend that you consider ways and do research on how to live a more heart-based life. Because once you start doing that, you'll see the world through different eyes, and it'll feel a lot lighter and it'll feel a lot better, and you'll recognize the divinity, if you will, in everybody, and things will start to come together for you, at least as they have for me, in a very, very nice way. So thank you, Jonathan Goldman. I'm sure we'll have him back on the show. Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific Time on KCAA Radio here in Southern California. 102.3, 106.5 FM 1050 AM is a rebroadcast of the show on KCAA every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. So you can listen live, you can stream the show on the KCAA.com, and you can listen to the show on any of the KCAA uh, platforms they have, their own podcast, and they have a bunch of other uh, feeds into other platforms. But my podcast for Guys Guys Radio, we're on 21 Uh, global networks, if you will, and that launches every Thursday, as well as our YouTube, Robert Manny, Guys Guys TV. So you can listen on KCAA or you can listen to the podcast all over the world on all of those podcast platforms where you consume your podcasts and also on YouTube, the ever-popular YouTube with its 35 million channels. Uh, you can check us out there. Now, on the YouTube, we have our video of our interviews. The whole show, like what I'm talking about now, is not going to be on the YouTube, but that's okay. You just get the you get a video 
of the interview with my guest uh, every week. So you can also check me out on my website, robertmanny.com, M-A-N-N-I. I've got over 300 uh, blog posts about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness, all kinds of different subjects. I think you'll enjoy what I've written. And uh, you can also check out a lot of videos there, some up-and-coming events, my guest appearances. And also, you can download three free chapters of my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, which is a, a rom-com about two guys in advertising in New York City competing for love, sex, power, and money. It takes place about 10 years ago, and it's a timeless story about flawed men and savvy women and just slugging it out in the love the love wars and battles and also in business in the city where they play for keeps and it's been called the man's successor to sex in the city the guy's guy's guide to love people always say to me oh is that a nonfiction book and no it's a it's a novel and i really got my points across the nonfiction points across if you will uh about the guy's guy's guide to love through the power of story and in the book the main character writes a column about men for women, and it's called, drumroll, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. So people have a lot of fun with the book, so I hope you can check it out. So that's our show for this week. Uh, you can also uh, find me on social media everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and of course right here behind the mic on KCAA every Wednesday evening. So I love doing the show. Really what I, my goal is to bring guests to the show who will add some value to you listeners out there, the folks who watch us on YouTube, get some concrete information. And also, I want to learn some stuff too. So I've interviewed over 500 people. I've, I've learned a lot. Now listen, I don't do every single thing or put into action every tidbit of information I've gotten from all my guests. But you know what? I pick something out here. I pick something out there. And it's really helped me out. And I hope you're getting some value out of listening to the show also. That's why we're here. We want to bring some added value and some tips to help you live your best life. That's what we do here on Guys Guys Radio. So thanks for being with me. I'm going to see you next week. And until then, like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. <laughs>